This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Well, good evening, everyone. How y'all doing? Good. Isn't this beautiful? Yes. What a deal, Aaron. I mean, you're a big dog, buddy. Hallelujah. Somebody had a paintbrush in their hand or a, or a roller. Brandy. Where's Brandy at tonight? Look at you. Huh? Come on now. I tell you what, that's awesome. We never did anything like this when I was in charge. Well, I shouldn't say that. We did do some stuff, but uh, you didn't have to bring that up, Lynn. It's always somebody that wants to ruin the party. Hallelujah. Did y'all bring a Bible with you this evening? Let's open our Bibles to John's Gospel, chapter 16, and uh, we'll talk about something, praise God, that'll bless all of us. Amen. John chapter 16. Hallelujah. Well, you got all your Christmas shopping done? Uh, okay. All right. Well, hopefully you're working on it anyway, or at least gave it some thought, or you know, something like that. Praise the Lord. John chapter 16, would you bow your heads with me and we'll pray and uh, we'll look to the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you so much as we gather in your name that as you said when we do so that you're in our midst. Thank you for your presence here tonight, Father. And you're here to help us and to bless us, to reveal again those things that you've said and promised to us. So, Father, I ask you to help each and every one of us to gain a clearer consciousness of your presence in our life, your promises to our hearts, and what it is that you desire that each and every one of us have and experience because of what Jesus did for us. So I thank you for the testimony of Jesus, Father, in each and every one of us that have been born of the Spirit of God that he lives in us by your spirit, that we are born of you, that we are the children of God. And I just thank you, Father God, that as children, as heirs and joint heirs together with Christ, that you have empowered and enabled us, Father, to be everything you designed that we be. So Father God, through faith, hallelujah, in your name and in your word, I just thank you, Father God, for each and every one of us being able to experience every privilege that belongs to the child of God, and I thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen. John chapter 16, verse uh, 33, Jesus made this statement to us, these things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. Everybody say peace. He said in the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for thank God I've overcome the world. How many of you are glad for that tonight? Amen. I want to talk to you a little bit about, you know, following Jesus' lead. Um, <clears throat> when he came into this earthborn existence, you know, he, he pretty much he stood alone. There wasn't anyone that really understood that he was the son of God. I mean, different ones, you know, prophetically had spoken of his coming. Those that had been looking for him realized the reality in the form of a child as we're getting ready to celebrate his birth here next month and all of that. But, but no, real, no one really knew who he was in the sense of what he had been sent to do. And so he stood alone a lot. And I would say probably the greatest part of his life, you know, that I, I know, you know, when he was in Gethsemane before he went to the cross, I mean, he, he had uh, his three closest disciples to come with him and pray, but even they failed in that uh, endeavor. And it isn't that they didn't love him or care about it. It's just, you know, one of those deals. So he stood alone and yet thank God he wasn't alone. And uh, so he hazarded all of these things in his personal life as a human being, just like you and me. And yet, thank God, he came through it victoriously. And I believe that because of that, he has given us an example. And as we carry out our lives, you know, within a generation that you and I have been privileged to live in, 
that, that we should follow in his steps, we should learn his ways, we should practice you know, life the way he did. And I believe that that's something that's something that all of us can do. I mean, he wouldn't ask us to do something we were incapable of, right? And thank God he's empowered us by the indwelling presence of the Holy Ghost to be able to do just that. So, <clears throat> you know, we, we live in this hectic world. How many of you know this kind of a hectic world? You know, hectic world, noisy, distracting, and troubled on every side, so it seems. And all of this noise is really fighting for your attention. And most of it is not very profitable, but it's attempting to get our focus really off of the things of God. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's the one mandate and commission that Jesus gave to the church. And yet we can become so taken up with our own personal lives and what isn't going right and what we think ought to be this or that or the other to where our attention is divided. It's, it's drawn away, if you want to call it that. And yet Jesus said, you know, all these things the world seek after, but if you will seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, all these things will be added unto you. But that's not typically the way, you know, we often live our lives because, again, we have all of these things that are endeavoring to gain our attention. And most of the time with them is a lot of noise, a lot of frustration, contention, and all of those different kinds of things. And so uh, having said that, <clears throat> you know, Sometimes, you know, it's just hard to stay focused on God and, and to follow his voice. But let me ask you, is it really? Is there another way that we might be able to approach it? Because the Bible seems to suggest that all of this trouble is only going to continue to probably accelerate. All right. If, if you read what Jesus said, he said, all these things must come to pass. And then he went on to explain, you know, and, and we're living in it. I mean, you know, I suppose other generations could argue that they were living in it, but I think uh, when it comes to the prophetic word of God and all of the different signs uh, that we have seen and witnessed, I got to believe that we're standing right on the threshold of his coming again. So he said, when you see these things, what did he say? Lift up your what? Your head because your, your uh, redemption draws near. So it seems to suggest that this is gonna accelerate. So for the believer, it requires all the more diligence to keep yourself in the love of God and in his peace. Peace. You know, we read that scripture together just now, you know, these things I've spoken unto you that in me, you might have peace. Said in the world, yeah, there's gonna be tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome it. So. That's what I want to talk to you about tonight. And, and, and obviously, the pressure is mounting. We see it on every side. It's interesting because um, I was just taking a look at some of the uh, suicide statistics. And uh, annually, it's, it's either the 11th or the 12th um, um, most leading cause of death you know, in the United States. Some 48,000 people took their lives, most of them men white men between the ages of 24 and 44 or 45, I think it was. I don't remember all the statistical aspects of that. But what's interesting to, about that statistic as they've tracked it over the years, in, in 2020 it went down. And now it has spiked back up where it was. But if you recall, you know, at that time between 16 and 20, President Trump was in office and it seemed as though so many things were going in such a good way, you know, where our lives economically, and, and, and let's face it, you know, the whole thing with finances and money and all of those different kinds of things, it's brought to bear upon all of our lives, and that's especially true, you know, for men that are responsible for their households and so on and so forth. So you see this, this pressure that is building and mounting where people's lives are concerned. And um, <clears throat> so, Here's, here's something that Jesus said about that. He said, there shall be signs in the sun. We've seen all of these eclipses, all of these different things. You know, the star of Bethlehem that showed up here, you know, a few years back. All of these different blood red moons, things of that nature that you probably heard about. So he said, and there shall be signs in the sun, in the moon, in the stars, 
And, and again, we've seen all of those things. And upon the earth, distress of nations. I don't know that we've ever seen anything like this. Maybe we have. I, maybe it's because of, you know, our ability to communicate, you know, with the world that is around us, that we're aware, if that's the right way to put it, of all of the things that are going on. But it says, upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for the things and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven will be shaken. I wouldn't want to be living right now without Jesus. Come on now, you know, and, and that's so vitally. I'm not, I'm not just saying that as a, a little, you know, just a comment. I'm saying that because we know him that all of these things that we're witnessing and seeing having an impact and effect on the, on the rest of the world, we do not have to be impacted by because of what we know, because of who we know. And again, uh, you know, in the context of what I'm sharing with you this evening, I think you'll come to understand that. So he said in this verse again, these things I have spoken unto you that in me you may have peace. The world you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So let's unpack that just a little bit and let's think about what it is that Jesus said or is saying to us tonight. Okay, because I believe the word of God is good for the right now. Amen. He said, these things I've spoken unto you. Now notice he said that in me you might have peace. But then he made a distinction. He said, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. All right. So let's do some defining here. By definition, tribulation means you are under pressure. Any of you ever been felt like you were under pressure? Sure enough. You have affliction or difficulty, challenge. Not necessarily, you know, a lot of times we think of affliction with uh, regard to some physical ailment. But, you know, uh, it can be, affliction can be tests, trials, you know, difficulties. Also, you will find suffering or you will find trouble in the world. But he said, be of good cheer. Now, some of your Bible translations may say it this way, take courage, okay? Because when all this stuff gets, gets pressed down on the top of us, we have a temptation opportunity, whatever you want to call it, to be afraid, to be fearful. He said men's hearts failing them for fear of the things that are coming on the earth, you know, and for looking after the things that are coming on the earth. But again, I want to appeal to you, child of God, that that doesn't have to be the case where you're concerned. So it does require, like I said, some diligence on our part to not let this stuff in, okay? And, um, and, and that's a pretty good task. So it said, be of good cheer, or really maybe a better way to say it is take courage. Huh? So when all you see all of this, you don't have to be afraid. He wants you to, again, take courage, be courageous. Uh, one translation, good speech translation says, never lose heart. Never lose heart. And I, and I love that so much because Jesus never lose, lost heart. You know, whatever circumstance that he was dealing with, whatever it was he was facing, how whatever accusations that were being made against him, when it looked like nothing was going right, and you know everybody was against him, all of those, he, he never lost heart because he kept his focus and his attention on the right thing, heavenly things. I hope you can come Sunday morning. Um, I'm going to preach a message about his kingdom. You know, the Bible says that... Uh, of his kingdom, there shall be no end. And I'm going to talk to you Sunday morning about the fact that his kingdom is real. The reality of his kingdom. And that's what I'm going to endeavor to try to bring across in that message is because, because we can't see that kingdom. It's an invisible one. But you know, he said the kingdom of God doesn't come with observation. The kingdom of God is within you. So we'll, I'll unpack that, and I hope you can be a part of that. But anyway, he, he makes this statement, John 16, 33, with the disciples. And, and I want to suggest to you this evening that, you know, 
at that time where those the, these men were concerned, you know, Jesus's words probably provided a little, if any, consolation to them. And here's the reason why: because they didn't understand. And I, I and and I'm sorry to say that I think a lot of times within Christendom, within the community of faith, that a lot of times people they don't understand and they find themselves in the same place. He started this clear back in chapter 13 when he washed their feet. And then he said, you know, you've, you call me, uh, you know, Lord, and so I am. But if I've done this, you need to do it to one another. And he's unpacking all of this stuff about a new commandment given to them to love one another as he had loved them and all of these different kinds of things. And then, he's, then he begins in chapter 14 to talk about the fact, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Well, I'm going to go, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And then they're freaking out. Why? Because they don't understand. We're on the other side of the cross. We get it. We have this. We have the Gospels. We have the Epistles. We understand that all. But at that time, these guys, they didn't have a clue. And again, I'd like to suggest to you that when we, when we don't understand the Scriptures, then we are um, at risk but you know, dear friends, we don't, we don't have to be without understanding. The fact of the matter is, is that we have it. You have it. If you're born of God, you got the goods. But again, there's all this noise. There are all these voices. There are all these, you know, things that are being said about this, that, and the other. And I mean to tell you, you know, they're after your attention. How many of you know what I'm talking about? So I think sometimes, you know, maybe one of the best things we ought to do is unplug everything, go out and sit out on the porch and watch the sunrise or set. Maybe set be better. Pretty cold in the morning. Hallelujah. Are you with me? So, so here's the thing, you know, uh, for, for the child of God, you know, it's just like this, you guys, preachers all the time, they'll, 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 they'll pound away, boy, you, you got to be in church, got to be in church, you need to be in church, you know, child of God, you need to be in church. Well, that's true. But I guess maybe we need to ask ourselves, why? Why, why is that? Because when we come to church, we come to magnify and lift up his name. To honor the king. And not only that, but we sit, as it were, at his feet to be taught the word of God. And it's not just a passing kind of thing, or at least it shouldn't be. It should be something where, I mean, you know, we're kind of up on the edge of our seat and we are like Mary, just like Pastor Brian was preaching last Sunday about. I mean, she's all in. And a lot of times folks aren't that way. I mean, and I get it. You know, I understand, you know, people got their lives. They're doing what they do. I need to go to church, so I'll kind of go. But, but, but there isn't, you know, the, there, there needs to be a real intentionality to our coming. And we do need to think about, you know, why am I here? Well, I'm here to serve others. I'm here to, you know, encourage others. I'm here to pray. I'm here to worship. I'm, I'm here to learn. You know, and, and again, <clears throat> our lives, you know, they're so busy. You know, <laughs> 40 years ago we were busy. Dear God, now it's just like, you know, we're on a treadmill and somebody took and turned the rheostat up to about nine. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just saying maybe we just need to, you know, rethink this thing a little bit. Just a thought. Okay. You say, yeah, but you're older now and you don't have as much to do. Dude, since I turned the church over, I think I got more going on than I did before. It's not even right. And, uh, but that's okay. I don't mind that at all. Um, so anyway, um, he, he's making these statements to these men and, and they don't get it. They don't, they, they're, they're not understanding. Why don't you look at this verse with me? They're, we're there close. Just back up a chapter. Notice something that Jesus said uh, in uh, John 15, 27. John 15, 27. I don't think that's in your notes there, whoever's running the, yeah. John 15, 27. Notice what he says here. This is, again, something Jesus said. Notice, what's the first word? Huh? Now, 50, what? Uh, that's not the right word. Um, am I in the right chapter? 
John 15, 27. John 15, ah, now I had a sticky pad and it covered up 15, 14, 27, sorry. Now, what is that first word? What is it? Peace. Peace. <laughs> My bad. Peace. Peace. He's talking to his disciples. He's talking to you and me tonight. He's saying, peace I leave with you. My peace give I unto you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Now listen to this. Don't let your heart be troubled. Now let me ask you a question. Whose responsibility is that? Huh? It's ours. So if he says, don't let your heart be troubled, then we must have the ability or the capacity to be able to do that. Huh? You know, some people, you know, when you, when you refuse to worry about things, they'll accuse you of being uncaring. Huh? Well, you know, you, you've, did, did any of you see that movie that Tom Hanks, um, um, he was a, uh, I don't know what he did, but the uh, government um, basically solicited him to go overseas in Germany. He was a spy. What was it called? Spy? Uh, huh? The Bridge of Spies, is that what it was? Well, anyway, um, they were going to do this, this uh, uh, swap with a spy that was from Russia for uh, a pilot, I think it was. This, I mean, this is historical for a pilot that, that um, they had of ours. And this spy, oh, I know what the deal was. He was an attorney. And he was tasked with basically, you know, defending this guy. And, and uh, he's trying to get, you know, something out of him, you know, to, to uh, so you'd understand the gravity of what it is that he was. And, and finally, he just said, well, he said, aren't you concerned about what's going on in your life right now? And the guy just kind of looked up and he said, would it, would it do any good? You know? And it was a wild, uh, actually, it gets said a little bit later in the movie as well. So I don't know that the guy had much of a handle on spiritual things, but what I'm saying to you is, is that there's all kinds of things, you guys, that get leveled at us on a continual basis. And what we have got to learn, listen, learn to do is to not I, I can't say receive it, but, but take it. Which of you by taking thought can add anything to his stature? The way that you, the way that worry and anxiety care all of those things is, the way it occurs in our life is we take it. You say, well, I'm not going to take it. I refuse to take it because I live within my father's care. And he said never to be careful about anything. Well, you say, well, that's a pretty tall order. Well, maybe. But maybe it's just a practice that we have to start to learn. Are you with me? Because for all of the fretting, all the sleepless nights, and all the other stuff that manifests itself in these things, they do nothing to improve our quality of life, to change the circumstance. I mean, can, will you agree with me? What, what, what's your worry and do? Huh? Say, so, yeah, but you know, that, that, you know you're, are you just crazy? You know, you just can't, you can't not think about these things. Well, yeah, you can. You say, well, that's just irresponsible. I'm not talking about being irresponsible. I'm talking about not taking the care. Certainly we have to, you know, seek the Lord and say, God, what is it that you would have me to do? See, and that's, that's one of the fallacies, you know, within Christendom is, is that people say, well, God, how come you aren't doing anything? Well, I'd like to suggest to you that he's done everything that he needs to do. The question is not, why aren't you doing anything? The question is, Lord, what is it that I need to be doing? Okay. There you go. Start the car, honey.
Hallelujah. So, so it's important for us to understand, again, with these disciples, they didn't understand. But what we need to realize, you know, today, and, and I'm going to say this because, and, and it's, not a, it's not an accusation, it's not, it's not something um, that's to be taken um, in a negative kind of way. I think you just kind of face reality. Are you with me? few of you are. Okay. All right. Some of you, you're staring off into, I don't know where, but anyway, hopefully you'll come back. Hallelujah. For believers. Now, I don't know. I don't know that it's necessarily that way within uh, our circles because we place emphasis where emphasis needs to be placed. I believe at least we attempt to do that, but I'll just say it this way that for believers today, they don't work to get their head and their heart wrapped around what Jesus said. And I use that word work in, in, a, in, a, uh, uh, in, in an appropriate context. It takes effort, you know, to, you know, by the washing of the water of the word, not to be conformed to this world, but be to, to be transformed by the, it's not going to happen because you just come and, you know, sit and socialize and go to church and listen to the preacher and can't wait till he gets done because we're going to go to my special restaurant today and I'm excited. It's, it's so much more than that. It's a relationship. Jesus, teach me what I don't know and what I need to know. Help me to understand so that when I'm dealing with life, praise God, I can do it on your terms and not the world's terms. Huh. So... We got to spend some time, you know, to really drill down into some of these things. But, but here's something also that you need to realize. You know, again, I've, I've, I've said this, but if you're a child of God, you have an understanding. Okay? Now, it may be a little bit buried, you know, in all of the things that you're dealing with, but you, you've got it if you're born of the Spirit of God. The Apostle Paul, when he was uh, there in Ephesians, said, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, in the knowledge of God. God wants you to know. Hallelujah. You know, you see it so much, you know, religious people, because they're, they're not drilling down. They're not saying, you know, we ought to know. Why is it? What's going on here? They, they, they just, they take the whole thing and they wrap it up in a great big ball and say, well, you know, after all, God, he knows everything and he's so much wiser than us and we can't know. That is dumb with a capital D. And, and the reality is, is Paul's saying, hey, I want you to be filled with the knowledge of his will that he would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So you really know who God is as your father, huh? You know, he said, which of you being a father, if his son asks for this or that, is he going to give him something to harm him? No. He said, well, if you then be natural, know how to give good things or gifts to your children, how much more will your father, which is in heaven, give good things to those that ask him? So we, we coined the phrase, God is a good God. He's good to you. But do you know how many people blame God? I mean, they blame God for all kinds of stuff, huh? And maybe we're even guilty of that. I don't know, but I'm just saying, you know, because a lot of times when it gets hard, we think that God should be doing something here, you know, and it's not happening, but the chances are reasonably good. We just don't understand. You say, well, that's it. You know, why doesn't God tell me what the heck is going on here? Well, he did say ask and you'll receive. He did say seek and you will what? And if you knock, it'll get open to you. So maybe the problem isn't with him. I'm just saying maybe. Just come on, think about this with me. Go with me on this. Maybe it's not him. Maybe it's us. Because God has a solution. He's got an answer for everything. Huh? You better start amen. Amen and come on now. Hallelujah. 
So he goes on and says, give you a spirit of wisdom, revelation, and the knowledge of him. Now listen to this. The eyes of your understanding, the New King James says, being enlightened. But the reality or the real translation of that is, is that the eyes of your understanding have been enlightened. Jesus told his disciples before the new birth, he said, blessed are your eyes for they see. Blessed are your ears for they hear. Many prophets and righteous men have desired to see and hear the things that you've heard and didn't hear them. So here we have the New Testament sitting in our laps right here, the Word of God, hallelujah, and all of the epistles. I mean, we are equipped to know the truth, and God wants us to know it. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So he's given us eyes to see, ears to hear, heart to believe, but oh, the noise. Oh, the noise. There's so much noise. Huh? You know, sometimes your waking thought is noise. You know, it's not, oh, Jesus, I just love you. Hallelujah. So glad. Praise God. This is the day that you have made for me to rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. No, we're thinking, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Huh? Am I in the right house? You know, I, I thought I showed up at the right place tonight. You know, hallelujah. And, and so I'm just saying that there's another way that we can live our lives. So, <clears throat> you know, you've got these ears to hear. You have an understanding. You have it. Everybody say, I have it. You do have it. But sometimes we're just not listening because, again, of the noise. Didn't he say, be still and know that I am God? Sometimes, you know, the biggest challenge we have sometimes in our lives is just to get quiet to put some quiet on this thing. You know what I'm saying? You know? And uh, it, it, it is, uh, we see it in the gospel. I mean, when the disciples, when they were, you know, trying to take care of all these crowds and deal with all these things, you know, Jesus would say, come apart with me. Come, let's get away from all this mess and rest a while. It's, it's principally what we need to do. Especially when we have big decisions, we have things that we have to think about and whatever. Dude, you got to get rid of all the noise so that you can really actually hear what it is that you need to be hearing. Am I in the right house? You say, I don't have time for that. I'd like to suggest to you, you don't have time not to. Okay? And again, it's just a matter of, you know, too many things being too important. And so the real stuff isn't getting done. Am I in the right house? So let's, 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 let's rethink this a little bit. Hallelujah. We ha because the th here's the thing, you guys, the teacher's within you. Yes. He's in you. you look, if, if we'll learn to look to our spirit, the real us, where he dwells, he will speak to our hearts. He will give us the peace we need. He might just say, pay no attention to it. Don't do anything about it. Don't even respond. You know, I mean, I don't know. You know, it just depends on the circumstance, but you understand where I'm coming from. Hallelujah. You know, <clears throat> and, and, and what, so I say again, you know, you've got it. I mean, when you were first saved, your life got changed, didn't it? All of a sudden, there was, there was intuition. There was knowing. There was a, you didn't know how you knew, but you just knew. You know, I tell the story all the time when I was in a bar. I mean, I, that was my practice. That was the, that's the way I lived and all, all of this. And I'm sitting in this bar and all of a sudden I hear these words, you don't belong here. And I, I said to myself, I, I think I said it out loud, I don't belong here. I don't know why I don't belong here, but I don't belong here. You know, and so I walked out. I couldn't know that on my own. But the one that is in us, he teaches us, doesn't he? Huh? Look at that. Did you find that scripture that I ran you around all over the place to John 14, 27? Back up just a page or a page, a verse or so there. A verse. Well, verse 25. This is 14:25. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. So here's a point. Well, no, 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 I'm not giving that to you just now. Just, just read the scripture with me, okay? Sorry. Notice what it says. These things I've spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, he said, I'm with you right now. But the Comforter, 
which, the, which is the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, bring all things to your remembrance, whatever it is that I have spoken unto you. So what's he going to do? He's going to remind us of what he said, isn't he? Any of you ever had a scripture come up on the inside of you being, you know, you didn't, you didn't memorize it or anything, but it's there. You know what I'm saying? There's a story told about a Bible study that a group of people were having, and they had let uh, a particular individual start teaching in that Bible study, and basically it was, it was a bunch of false doctrine. It is amazing how gullible we are sometimes when it comes to the things that we get told. And uh, we don't rightly divide the Word of God, and you know, uh, and you know, pe- pre- preachers, they can be preachers, can be anybody. They sensationalize things, you know, and they, they kind of, you know, butter the whole thing up, usually for its, you know, their, in, their advantage or whatever the case might be. Well, anyway, this guy um, uh, started teaching this Bible study within a church, you know, and what ended up happening is, is that. Uh, there was one individual who was, uh, he was, a, I would call him more of an elder within the church, and he was concerned about what was being taught. But everyone was getting swept up into this bunch of nonsense that was being taught. How many of you know there's nonsense? I mean, there's some real junk out there. Well, so the story goes that uh, there was this one uh, Asian girl, and she had just gotten saved. And uh, uh she was invited to go to this Bible study. And so she went to the Bible study. And the moment that she went in and started listening to him, she knew that it was not right. Now, she had no knowledge, biblical knowledge, but an intuition on the inside of her said, don't ever come back here again. And she didn't. She was in that church. And of course, you know, before it was all over with, a bunch of people got swept away into a bunch of nonsense. And sometimes when that happens, it's, it's unrecoverable, you know, because they've gotten offended or whatever the case might be, or all of a sudden, you know, they know more than the rest of the world and their humility went, it left someplace. You know what I'm saying? Uh, These things happen. You know, that's why the Bible tells us that we just, we need to be very careful about the way that we live and we need to be very careful about what we listen to because a lot of the stuff out there is just junk. And I'm talking about in our full gospel circles, you know, but people will be led away because, you know, well, the Bible says that, um, what is it? That many will follow their pernicious ways by, who, by reason of whom the truth is evil spoken of. In other words, because of personality or because of who they are or whatever, well, that must be right. Well, it might not be right. I went to a meeting in Omaha one time. I was going to go have uh, lunch together with Monty Knutson. He's my uh, pastor friend of mine, and, but he was involved with the music part of it. And so uh, he said, yeah, just come on over to the meeting. You know, I'll do the service and things of that nature. And when we're done, we'll go have lunch. So I went into the room. As soon as I went into the room, I heard the Spirit of God tell me, don't listen to what it is he says. And this is a nationally known person. If I named his name, you'd know him for sure. So I just sat there, you know, and got my day timer out and did a little work on my calendar and figured out, you know, what the heck I was going to be doing, you know, for whatever, whatever. And that was the end of it. And uh, so we need to learn to listen to the one that is within us. And that's true not only of things that I've, you know, the context that I've just shared with you, but, but about our personal lives. Listen, he wants to, he wants you to know. God, what is it that I need? He wants you to know. Are you listening to me? Everybody say, yes, he does. He does. He wants you to know. We, we may have to do a little seeking. We may have to get away for a little bit and listen to what it is that is going on, on the inside of us. But thank God we can know what it is that he wants us to know. So he said, he said um, uh, in our text that these things I've spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. Again, in the world, you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. Peace is derived and it's also kept by believing what Jesus said. Are you listening to me? Now, we don't ever want to let the words of Jesus get away from us when it comes to our personal lives. Hallelujah. These things I have spoken unto you. 
okay? So in the absence of faith, when we don't have faith, then doubt and fear take control of the situation and, you know, then we got a problem. My wife and I just here recently, we were talking to uh, some individuals about a, a situation. We said, you know what, it's going to be okay. And, and these are Christians, okay? And they said, do you really think so? Well, obviously, there's no faith there. Huh? I mean, come on, get on the same page with us here so that we can believe. Are you with me? You know, and, and so that, that, that is really demonstrative, I guess, a lot of times where, you know, fear takes the place of faith or doubt takes the place of faith. Lots of times in Jesus' ministry with the disciples, he said, you know, he would, after it was all over with, and I mean, you know, you got to understand these guys, I mean, they got themselves into some deals. When they were out there on the Sea of Galilee that one time and they were all about to die, you know, Jesus, he didn't, he didn't say, I know this was a tough one and so I'll just give you a little grace here. And No, he didn't do that. He said, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And I, I know, you know, most of the people in, in evangelicalism would say, give me a break. But he didn't seem to, somehow or another, he felt that they should be at another place. Come on. So should we. And we have every reason to believe him. He said, let not your hearts be troubled, you know, neither let them be afraid. Well, again, that's our responsibility. We just have to say, no, nope, we ain't going to do that no more. Huh? Doesn't that sound like a great idea? Yeah, sure enough. And I'm not saying that we ignore or deny, you know, whatever the circumstance might be, but let's do what the Bible says. What did the Bible say? It says, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, hallelujah, that passes all understanding will keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. So what are we doing? We're saying, well, Jesus, obviously I'm not big enough to take care of this, but you are. And I don't know what the answer is, but you do. And so I'm just going to look to you. I'm going to cast my care onto you. Why? Because you care for me. And certainly you will be challenged. You might be challenged right after you get done praying, but you got to just say, no, 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 not mine, his. You want to talk to somebody, talk to him. Hallelujah. Amen. Say, can you do that? Sure. You know, I'll give you a great example. You know, we, we get troubled um, with the actions or the lack of action in relationships that we have with people we 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 wish that they would do something different is that right is that you understand that i mean we wish they lived different we wish this we wish that we you know but at the end of the day this is not your responsibility okay you can't make anyone do anything right but we will carry that where our lives are concerned, and it will steal our joy. It will just, you know, mess with our lives and cause all kinds of consternation. Now, again, people could accuse you of saying, that, well, you know, you just don't care. That's not true. But, you know, it's just like Jesus said, which of you by taking thought can add one cubit to your stature? You're not gonna, you, you can't improve the situation through worry, care, and anxiety, right? Okay, so you say, well, how do you do that? Now, I know this is a little secret between you and my wife and I, but we get in situations all the time, and we say, not my circus, not my monkeys, but we know the clowns that are in it. I'm just being funny, okay? All right, I'm just saying, you know, there's, there's a limit to how much or what you can pray for them. Yes, believe God. Say, Father, I thank you for giving them the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. God, I ask you to send laborers into their path that can talk to them on their level where they are. What, you know, I mean, ask the Lord for help because you can't help the situation. Are you with me? Yes. It's wonderful. 
Hallelujah. You say, yeah, but I just, I want him to come around. Yes, we do too. You know, but here's the thing. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. And he didn't ask you, you know, the Bible talks about bear one another's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ. I get that. But it isn't, this care that I'm talking about is not your responsibility. Am I in the right house? And that does not mean that you are uncaring, okay? I mean, you stand ready, you know, to help them, to pray for them, to whatever. I I just, you know, maybe you don't agree with that, but I think it works. Because the thing about it is, is I see people all the time, they're absolutely overwhelmed. I've got a guy in my gym. He's 45 years old. He's been in the ministry. Black guy that's been in the ministry for almost 20. He's not in the ministry anymore. You know, and so I, I've gotten to know him a little bit more and this and that and the other, and uh, he actually is involved in the gym a little bit. And so, so one day, uh, I, I just, you know, we were, I engaged him in conversation. I said, uh, I said um, hey, tell me, tell, tell me your story. I mean, because you said you were in ministry and, and now you're not, and I, I'm, I'm just interested in your life, your story. So he begins to tell a story. Well, I started working for this youth ministry, you know, and I did that for about six years. And then I went to a church and I was there for 11. And then we went out and we planted a church, you know, for a couple of years. So I think all told he was about 18, maybe almost 20 years or something like that. But he said, man, I was just fried. I just cooked, you know, burned out. You know, just, he says, now, you know, I've got two businesses that I'm working in. He says, it ain't nothing like what I had to deal with before. Well, part of that is how you manage and how you deal with that, you know, because the truth of the matter is, is that we're not responsible to solve everybody else's problems. And if you don't learn how to manage that, it'll, it, the same thing will happen. So I encouraged him. I said, you know what? Your calling hasn't changed. I said, you may be in this season of your life and, you know, you got a bu- he's got a bunch of kids from about 14 to 22. I mean, a bunch. Hallelujah. But anyway, you know, uh, I said, you're in, your, in this season of your life, but you really need to, you know, get yourself refreshed, but stay open to what it is that God might want to do where your life is concerned. Because I think he's, you know, definitely got a call in his life. He loves people, you know. You, you're with me. Huh? Hallelujah. So, you know, it's, um, and, and it, that's not just only for, you know, in ministry related situations, that's life. You know, you got in-laws, you got outlaws, you got all kind of whatever it is that's in your house, you know, and some of them cause some problems. Have any of you ever had people that cause problems, you know? And so you have to, you have to decide, okay, how are we going to navigate? Some of you smile. I like that. That's good. I've, I've hit a, I've hit a cord. Hallelujah. But it's, it's that way with all of us. So, you know, how do we <clears throat> navigate through that? How do we manage that? Well, we cast our care onto him because he cares for us. You can't fix them. Only Jesus can. And the only way that's going to happen is if they give themselves completely to him. You couldn't fix you, Right? It wasn't until you surrendered your heart to him that he began to work in your life, you know, both to will and to do of his own good pleasure. Amen. That's the way it works. Hallelujah. Well, you know, that was worth the time of your coming here tonight. Hallelujah. Praise God. So here we are at eight o'clock and I'm not even close to done. So here's a couple thoughts. Can I share a few thoughts with you here? Okay. I'm going to do it anyway. So... (laughs) The way Jesus brings peace to us is by telling us the truth. Truth will set you free. Right. And sometimes that's not always easy. But here's the thing. Once you learn the truth, you got to hold fast to it. You got to keep it. You know, there's, there, uh, the world around us, in, in, they've been preaching and what they've been preaching is there are no absolutes. Well, there are absolutes. But they've abandoned all absolutes. And now they are in no man's land. They have no compass. They have no direction, no course, no nothing. It's just all over the place. So when you learn the truth, you hang on to it. 
And I've got a number of different scriptures here, you know, if you hold fast to the word which I preach to you, hold fast to that which is good, stand fast and hold to the traditions that you were taught, holding fast the faithful word as you've been taught. Uh, if we hold fast the confidence, rejoicing and hope to the end, and let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering because he's faithful at promise. So hold fast, hold fast, hold fast. Hold fast to what is good sound doctrine where our lives are concerned. So you got to be grounded and settled in the truth concerning a lot of things, your relationship with God, who he really is. I'm, I'm, I'm doing my fast mode here for a few minutes. But, you know, who is, who is God? Who is he really? The only way you're going to know that is if you get into the book and let the book get in you. Because the book reveals him that he's good, that he's for you, that he's on your side. He's not, if God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his son, but gave him up for, how shall he not with him freely give us everything that you ever need in your life? That's the God that we serve. He is our father. But you have to know that from the scriptures. You know, you need to know what he's done. He's redeemed you. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for that? He's delivered us. He's forgiven us. He's blessed us. He will never leave or forsake us. He will not condemn us. Hallelujah. You know, and, and what he said he would do, and this is another thing, you need to learn what it is he said he'd do when you're in the midst of adversity. And I really had hoped to talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and away we go. You know, because those guys, man, I mean, I don't have time to unpack this. I wish I could. But read the story. It's in Daniel uh, chapter 2, 3, actually. Daniel 3. Read the story. You know, he built this image. Everybody's supposed to bow down and worship it. These three guys said, we ain't going to do that. And you got to understand that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were way up within his administration, because of Daniel, he asked him, you know, to be brought along and things like that. And so Nebuchadnezzar knew, you know, he knew these men probably pretty intimately. And he said, hey, listen, dude, can you, can you just do this one thing for me? You know, if you, if you would, it'll, it'll be well, it'll be good. And they said, you know what? It, it, it's not going to take us long to answer this question. We're not going to do it. Now, they just said, you know, um, our God will deliver us. And even if he doesn't, we're not going to bow down. Okay? Now, why am I bringing that up to you? Well, I'd, I'd say that uh, they, were, they were in the wine press, wouldn't you say? I'd say that the screws were getting turned down on these guys. But they knew the people that do know their God shall be what? Strong. And do what? Exploits. So this wasn't, you know, they couldn't call a timeout and say, hey, we need to get to know God here. We'll be right back and then we'll deal with this. No, they knew him. They said, we, we, it's, this is not a difficult decision for us. We're not going to do it. I mean, so he got, you know, infuriated, you know, heated the thing up seven times. They threw him in him. You know, all the soldiers that had to dump him in there, they all died. And these three guys were running around with this fourth man in the fire. Hallelujah. Before it was over with, they made a decree and said, there is no God that can deliver after this sort. So the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he's number one. Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? And, and so it's the same thing's true with you. I mean, if you find yourself right now in a, in a hard spot or a pressed place, just know that there is a God in heaven that's going to deliver you. Did you hear me? Not only that, but actually he already has. We just got to figure out the mar marching orders and do what it is he wants us to do. Amen? I got to stop. It's, it's uh, 8.06. Why don't you stand with me, if you would, please? You guys are great listeners. <laughs> Hallelujah. So in the face of adversity, we need to be still and know that he is God. He said, fear thou not, I am with you. Be not dismayed, I am your God. I will strengthen you, yes, I will help you, and I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. See, we don't hear this on the news. You know, Brett Baer isn't telling you what the Bible says. Huh? Lester Holt doesn't tell you what it is that God promised, or any of the rest of them for that matter. 
But thank God this book right here, man, it's, 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 it, it's like gold. And it's true. And praise God we can live in peace. Why? Because our eyes are on him. You know, uh, uh, who was that guy? Jehoshaphat. He said, we, Lord, we don't know what to do. What we're, what we're dealing with, what we're facing right now, we are no match for these armies that have, uh, you know, made these uh, alliances with one another to come against us. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Why don't you just close your eyes for a moment here and let's pray. Father, tonight our eyes are on you. I know, Father God, that the needs of our lives are many, but you said you'd meet every one of them. And Father God, for the circumstances and situations that we may be facing, whether it's relationally, whether it's financially, maybe it's a health condition, Father God, we trust you because you are the one who has redeemed us, delivered us, and set us free. Help us, Father, to understand the reality of your word, that we can rest in you because you are our Father. Hallelujah. Father God, I pray for those that are here within the sound of my voice, even those that may be watching online. And God, I just thank you for giving them that which they have need of right here, right now. Father, that peace may flood their hearts and their minds. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I cast all my care onto you. Thank you, Lord, for leading me, guiding me in the truth and what I need to do. Thank you for meeting my every need according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. We thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. 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 All right. You may be seated. Y'all glad you came tonight? I am. Hallelujah. I always get uh, blessed preaching. Praise God. And you know, I was telling you about that, that young black guy. He says, you know, I just miss preaching. Well, dude, you got to preach in you, you know? I mean, you know, he, he, he can run, but he ain't going to hide. And I'll just keep working on him, you know? Hallelujah. Got a captive audience, you know? Giddy. Glory to God. All right, listen, we're going to receive our evening offering. The ushers are in the aisle if you need an envelope. Otherwise, grab one from the back of the pew. Make out your checks to Fellowship Church. And then, of course, you can text to give. I know that many of you do that. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Amen. So grateful for some of the people that are within the church that have been helping and, you know, put the church together for this holiday season and things. It's cool, man. You know, so... Brandy and a bunch of other, you know, the staff especially, they've been working their tails off. And uh, it's great. You like our uh, uh, log wall so you can take pictures? I did that. No, I didn't either. <laughs> I, cut a lot of, I cut a lot of firewood, I can tell you that. I filled my trailer up and backed it up the door and said, here you go, boys, have fun. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, uh, and they did. They, they made it happen, and it's great. So anyway... Well, just know that uh, I believe that when you're sowing, you're sowing in good ground, and that when you sow in good ground, you get a good harvest. So let's pray together, and, and then we'll do our giving. Father, thank you so much right now. This is our privilege. We come to honor you, Father, with the first fruits of our increase. We thank you, Father God, that you've given us the privilege to worship you in our giving. So we just thank you, Father, for meeting every need. Thank you, Lord God, for increase within our lives. I thank you for promotions. I thank you, Father, for benefits. I thank you, Lord God, for everything that is needed in every one of these people's lives. You said in your word that you would take care of us, Father, and we know that it's true. So we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. All right, ushers, go ahead. Pass the buckets. Baby, are you cold? Not anymore, yeah. <laughs> she got that coat on. Hallelujah. Yeah, I'm glad my wife doesn't live in Alaska. That probably wouldn't work out real well, especially in like uh, Fairbanks. Man, I mean, it gets cold up in there. So, hallelujah. 
Amen. Well, make sure that uh, you're live and in color on Sunday morning because we're going to have a great time together. I'm going to bring this message to you. I think it'll help. Hopefully it'll help um, undergird, solidify some of the things that we've talked about tonight. You know, you know, you know this. Whenever you get your eyes on him, the storms get calmed. Huh? You know, Peter was great until he got his eyes looking at the wrong thing. So that's what we're going to do Sunday. It's going to be a good time. And so uh, come and we'll uh, rejoice together. Amen. All right, everybody stand. If you want to uh, shake hands with someone there nearby, you may. Uh, we invite you to go out into the foyer so that they can have their practice. And uh, away we go. Bless you guys. Thank you.